Welcome to the Pastor's Cut. This week, we are joined by our Near North Location Pastor, Nathan Payne. And with him, we get to talk about idolatry and behavior modification and look into what got cut from the sermon on Romans 6, 15 to 23. Great. Let's get started. I'm Hillary Murphy. And I'm Trevor Lovell. And this is the Pastor's Cut with Nathan Payne. Nate, welcome to the podcast. Good to have you with us. Man, it's good to be here. Nathan, what is one classic Chicago attraction that you always recommend to your visitors? You got to go to Garfield Park Conservatory. If you are a resident of Chicago, (laughs) go to Garfield Park Conservatory. And then for sure, if you're a visitor, first of all, you got to go in the wintertime because it's Mm -hmm. one way to feel like you're in a tropical space, get some nice green spaces around you and... Nice, refreshing greenhouse effect right inside. Feels mm-hmm. so good. Uh-huh. And it's free. <laughs> yeah. So, Nate, you preached at Near North and Lincoln Park this past weekend. Could you give us a quick recap of the sermon? Well, we were preaching out of Romans chapter 6 and last part of the chapter 15 to 23. And the big idea was basically that the gospel makes us slaves who are free, slaves to righteousness, of course. And so Paul opens up and he really draws us parallel to Roman, first century Romans slavery. And he makes the assertion that we're all slaves to something, either sin or righteousness. And effectively, it is the gospel that frees us from slavery to sin and then frees us to be slaves to righteousness, slaves to God. And Mm -hmm. sort of the irony of that is that in our slavery to righteousness, we actually experience the greatest kind of freedom that there is. So what got cut this week? You know, there's a few things that I had to cut and that I didn't get to go too much deeply in. And one of those was just the idea of being a slave to sin and sort of what that looks like in the context of our lives. I think many times we'll focus on particular sin types, and certainly I got to share some of my own story in that. But I think one of the things that's helpful for us is to think about some of the deeper idols, some of the things that are underneath the surface of those sins that we particularly find ourselves falling into or patterns in. Um, And three of those idols that come to mind are the idol of comfort, idol of significance, and the idol of control. You know, comfort being where we're seeking to find uh, rest, pleasure, find sort of satiation, satisfaction for my appetites in a way that Mm -hmm. keeps me from doing those things or saying those things that I should, or perhaps not doing the things or saying the things that I should, Mm -hmm. all out of a sense of seeking comfort as a deeper idol. And then with that deeper idol of significance, it's really kind of being driven by what others think of of me. And Mm -hmm. the idea that we'll do things and wrap ourselves in sort of a reputation or in a status in order to be viewed or perceived a particular way so that we have this sense that we are accepted and belong. Mm -hmm. Uh, And underneath uh, the surface of our hearts, it'll produce all sorts of things that we'll do in order to, to, you know, serve that deeper idol, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then of course that last one, the idol of control where we just want to control and be in charge of, basically every person in our life (laughs) and the world in which we live. Mm -hmm. And Uh really, it's just the flip side of we just want to be God. Uh, We don't want to have an authority over and above us. And it produces all sorts of ways that that expresses itself in the world and sin patterns and Mm. and particularly slavery to sin. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and I know yesterday you also mentioned how autonomy and independence are something that are so prominent in our culture. And it really does go a lot deeper than that as you talk about the control, comfort, significance, everything that we're striving for and trying to get ahead. So how have you seen that play out in your own life and how have you been able to combat these idols? Yeah, that's so good. I think, first of all, just acknowledging that these are things that we are all going to struggle with. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that underneath every sort of sin pattern, ever underneath every moment in which we would look at our lives and say, hey, I, it looks like I'm expressing a pattern where I'm a slave to sin. Underneath that sin pattern, there is likely a deeper idol. Mm-hmm. You know, my own life, I can look back and see that there's many times where I fail to speak up and stand up in moments for the week and the oppress that I should have, mm-hmm. but yeah. it was because I was afraid of what others would think of me. You know, mm-hmm. and I was afraid of what it would disrupt, what disruption it would cause in my life, mm-hmm. uh, and so that doesn't, uh, you know, for many of us, register that that underneath some of our reservations and our, our unwillingness to live out the life that we've we're called to, that we don't actually recognize it's a deeper idol that we're worshiping, mm-hmm. and certainly when it comes to control, you know, as a parent. Uh, <laughs> That deeper idol of control gets tapped every single day, maybe yeah. 3,000 times a day. <laughs> and so recognizing that I'm not in control, that these are God's kids, mm-hmm. uh, He loves them more than I do. And so I get to participate with what God's doing, but I'm not in control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, yeah, like you said, these are things that we all wrestle with. And, and so in different seasons, we're going to see these things kind of come to the surface. Um, so when... When you know, when a person comes to notice, like I'm struggling with this uh, status in my life, I'm kind of finding my identity in that or, or in comfort. Um, I think just a lot of ways, a lot of times when we think about sin in our lives or we're responding to it, our tendency can be to avoid it. Like, oh, I'm just, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to stop doing that when, when the moment comes. I'm not going to be tempted by status or whatever. Um, but we kind of fall prey to these strategies of behavior modification. Uh, when that's not actually how sanctification takes place, um, biblically speaking, and so could you could you talk a little bit to how like how do we how does the gospel actually help us with these things? Yeah, it's so good. I just love how I just love how the Bible is so relevant to real life. And mm-hmm. come on, let's be honest. Every one of us who are followers of Jesus, we've all had those moments where we just said, "Okay, I'm going to stop doing fill in the blank, lying, cheating, stealing, looking at porn, gossiping." all those different things that show up in our lives. I'm just going to stop. And we sort of white knuckle it, if you will, and do our very best. And ultimately, every single time we get to a point where we fail, sometimes Mm -hmm. like two minutes later. Mm -hmm. And so I think one of the things that we have to recognize is that when it comes to sin patterns and recognizing that we're following a pattern of being a slave to sin, that first of all, being a slave to righteousness isn't just about avoiding sin. Mm-hmm. It's really, I love what Paul says, and he gives us uh, in verse 17 and 18, when he, he talks about this idea that you who once were slaves of sin, and he says, have become obedient. Notice this word, obedient from the heart uh, mm-hmm. to the standard of teaching, which is the gospel yeah. to which you are committed. And, and it's from that that they, you're set free from sin, can become slaves of righteousness. And so it's not just this matter of how do I stop sin but really flipping the question, how do I become more in tune and aligned with God's character and will for my life? Mm-hmm. And that starts with the gospel. Yeah. It starts with actually recognizing that, you know what? Even in the sin pattern that I'm facing, Christ died for me. Mm-hmm. He loved me. He's committed to me. 
Yeah. Uh, and recognizing that it starts with his power actually working in me and yielding to that power. Uh, I think also just recognizing that we need other people to encourage us along the way. Mm-hmm. Every yeah. single one of us need to be encouraged, mm-hmm. built up, spurred on to love and good deeds. Not just to avoid sin, but to actually do and to submit and be a part of that which God is doing in us. Yeah. yeah that's great. That's good. What else got cut? You know, there's a piece that under the sort of the impact of sin. And I think that particularly in this passage, there's obviously a lot of talk about the reality of sin and death. Uh, And I think Paul wants them to understand sort of the contrast. Uh, And I don't think he's mean to paint a picture to scare them. I think he's really trying to paint really the stark difference. It's an either or kind of situation that that, that to walk in the pattern of slavery to sin always produces death. And yeah. produces shame, mm-hmm. uh, separation. You know, if you were to find death being just separation, a splitting of that which should be together. Yeah. Um, and then it produces shame and brokenness mm-hmm. in relationships. And so one of the things that I didn't get to put in the sermon because of the time's sake was just, if you look back at the pattern of what happened when Adam and Eve chose to disobey God, chose to sin, I mean, what you see happening is immediately, you see the separation from them and God. Prior to their sin, disobeying God, they had perfect fellowship with him, perfect Mm -hmm. fellowship with each other, and perfect fellowship with creation itself. Mm -hmm. And from that moment when they sin, Genesis 3 account, you see, they immediately start to hide from God. They Mm -hmm. cover cover themselves because they were ashamed. They were covering up before one another. So there's a separation in their own relationship. And then ultimately, creation itself experienced this separation and deterioration. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the reality is that sin always produces these things. And it's a stark contrast to everything good and great that the gospel produces in us. And so it's almost kind of like, it's a no-brainer. Why would I want to choose something that's going to produce all these things? I want to choose that which brings life and mm-hmm. uh, and brings joy and peace and hope and multiplies that in my life and the lives of others. Mm-hmm. And frankly, that was a turning point for me in my life and my walk. And I think for many Christians who we move beyond just how do I avoid sin to mm-hmm. I want to live and experience in all that the gospel yeah. produces. Nathan, I felt like it was really interesting moving through Romans and talking so much about justification and how justification is such an immediate thing versus sanctification, which is a process. So what are some practical steps you would recommend for believers as they continue in the process of sanctification? I think first, uh, this is a great question. Uh, First, I think just recognizing that we are in a process, (laughs) that it actually means that there's work that God is doing in us. And so Mm -hmm. particularly as we think about being folks who like things to happen immediately, uh, it's just helpful for us to just be able to actually rest in the promise that is mm-hmm. found in Philippians 1, 6, that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ, that what yeah. God has started in us, initiated, he's going to finish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so there's just a comfort in that. Um, and in in that too, just recognizing that we need other people. So yeah. being part of a gathering where we're hearing God's word, where we're worshiping together, rehearsing the gospel, being reminded of those truths and mm-hmm. being able to see others who are in process. Yeah. I think it's just so helpful because we get to see yeah. others as God is transforming mm-hmm. them, seeing when they've gone from A to B and then them calling that out in ourselves. I'd also mm-hmm. say be in God's word seems so basic, but just to be reminded of his truth every mm-hmm. single day 
yeah. uh, of his work because his work is done through the power of his word, you know, God's mm-hmm. word. He says he will, 2 Timothy 3, 16, um, all scriptures God breathed. Mm-hmm. It's profitable for doctrine, for teaching, for instruction, mm-hmm. for proof, correction, for equipping us. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And so I think just recognize that whenever we're in God's word, God is going to do something, even if we don't feel yeah. it, he's <laughs> yeah. going to do something. Yeah. And so that's just a habit I think that's helpful for us to be attent- attentive to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm curious. Did you did you learn that verse like as a kid? And you just pulled that back from the Awana days right there? <laughs> I, I did learn that as a kid. And it's yeah. always stuck with me. It's a verse that I've, there's a number of verses, ironically. I learned Romans 6.23 as a kid. And it was probably, I think it was actually either in Awana or Sunday school one of those contexts and it was literally the verse that saved my life it was Mm -hmm. like you know blocks away from here at the red line train i was like Mm -hmm. the wages of sin is death and i knew that existentially that moment and it was but the gift of god's eternal life Mm -hmm. and that literally was the verse that god brought to my mind that i learned as a kid that kept me from that yeah yeah. Yeah. And so when you say that God uses like the word in our lives to transform us and to grow us, it's not like it's no small thing. Like he literally, he does. It, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was a joy to be able to preach out of that passage. Mm-hmm. I didn't pick it, but hey, yeah. I got it. God sovereign. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. And it was great having you with us, Nate. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks for joining us this week on The Pastor's Cut. We hope you join us again next week as we move further into Romans chapter 7.